Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another another episode of New Season Ministries. I am Evangelist Pastor Jeremy Cook. I want to say thank you for joining joining with me on this episode. I want to just say it right before that we dive into the teaching here this evening. I want to say thank you again for taking the time to listen to this uh to listen to this podcast listen to this teaching hope that it has been a uh it has been a joy and a uh, um it has been encouraging and uplifting to you I want to say thank you to everybody who ha- has been subscribing to this podcast everyone who has uh who has been sharing this uh we have been getting tremendous been getting tremendous feedback over the last couple of weeks this is our this is our third episode and every week our numbers our subscriber numbers are are increasing as a matter of fact last week's episode more than doubled than what we did in the initial episode and we just th- I thank you I thank you for the listeners um, for that also want to make you aware that uh, if you want to partner with this ministry if you want to partner with new seasons ministry to help uh, help spread the gospel. There is a link at the bottom uh, of this episode. If you will click on that, it'll take you to our our giving page. And if you feel led to give, the Lord lays it on your heart to give to this ministry. There are three options there to be able to become a monthly contributor to this ministry of a dollar, uh, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. And uh, you're and uh, we ask that you would prayerfully consider that. Uh, if so, go ahead and click the uh, click the link that is down at the bottom of this episode, and it'll take you right to our it'll take you right to our giving page. And uh, wanted to say thank you for everybody, all of our partners already. We've gotten a number of partners that are already partnered with this ministry, and I just thank you for that. And I know that God is richly going to bless you for that. Also, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way, so no, however that you listen to this podcast will, uh, when new episodes are available, it'll download directly into your device. So if you're listening on Apple, uh, on, on Apple, you're listening on Spotify, Google Playlist, um, there right now we have about eight, uh, about eight, uh, platforms that we have to be able to uh, um, to be able to broadcast this on we got a uh, we got a new partner uh, over the weekend uh, Podbean, and we are so thankful for them for allowing us to broadcast our podcast uh, through their through their platform base and so again if you have not if you have not subscribed go ahead and hit the subscribe button and we are just uh, we are just thrilled uh, that you're able to be a part uh, that you're able to be a part of this and you're able to share in this but I want to go ahead and get right into uh, get right into the teaching here this evening and I want to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart so I hope that you have your Bibles or I hope that you will go back and grab your Bibles however that you want to do this here tonight and uh, we will uh, I want us to get right into it I want um, I want to take you to a very familiar story in the Word of God, something that uh, something that you if you if you've been in, if you've been a Christian, uh, if you've been a disciple of Jesus for for any length amount of time, you have heard this story in the Bible, and it is the story of Jesus' first miracle uh, that he performed, or the first recorded one that we know of in Scripture, and it's found in John chapter two. 
And uh, that's I'm going to be using the story of how Jesus turned the water into wine and how that can apply to us. So I want to title this teaching tonight. I want to entitle it, Have You Ran Out? That is a question that I am uh, that I'm asking all of our listeners this evening. Have you ran out? What happens when you feel like that you're running out? Sometimes we feel like that we run out spiritually. Sometimes we find out. Sometimes we feel like we're 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 running out emotionally, financially, physically, whatever the case may be. And what happens when when we feel like that we're running out or we feel like that we're running on empty. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like that really you just have you you don't have any more to give? It just seems like that that it the whatever it is that you're going through this season of life that you're that you're going through um it seems like that it's taken the fight out of you. Sometimes that you just sometimes you just need a boost. Sometimes you need a refilling. And this is what this is about. It is about a need that Jesus encounters while he is at a wedding. Christ is at a wedding with his disciples. They've been invited to this wedding. Now we don't know whose wedding this is. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, speculation as to uh, who is involved in this wedding and what type of wedding, depending on if you're into Jewish history and those different types of things. But they are at this wedding when a, a critical need arises. And so I want to begin, I want to look at the scripture here real quick, and we'll, we'll kind of take this um, within a few verses at a time. But in John chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. So I want to stop right there for a moment, and I want to, I want to, expound upon a few things here. There is a need, believe it or not, a critical need at this wedding. They needed wine. What they needed to supply those that were around them, those that had been invited, was not available. The wedding party, the bride and the groom and the family did not have what was necessary to supply for the people that were there. They had no wine. This was a critical need during that time. As a matter of fact, if you study anything about Jewish history, you find out that if they did not have, for them not to have wine, it was actually a disgrace to the family to not have this wine to be able to supply to guests. That if they weren't able to offer it to them, People would get offended at this. People would get would get would get angry at the fact that the thing that was most important at this wedding, and that is the wine, was not provided. And it would be something that would follow, that would follow this family for the rest of their lives. That hey, this is the family. They invited us to a wedding. 
we got invited to the wedding and they didn't even have the means to take care of us. Now, you may say, well, what does that have anything to do with me? What does that have to do with anything concerning the church? I'm glad you asked that. Because in scripture, wine is the symbol of the Spirit. Wine is a symbol of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God, being filled you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's also, in Scripture, it is a symbol of joy in the believer's life. And so, when you look at this from a spiritual standpoint, so what we can look at when it comes to this, they didn't have something to offer the guests that were coming to the wedding. And I feel like that there are even times that in Christendom today, there are people that we invite. There are people that we invite into our lives. There are people that are invited into our homes. And I'm afraid we don't have the ability to give them what they need because too many times we've run out. Sometimes we invite people to come to our services or we invite people to come into our lives and we encounter them. And what the world needs is that they need an encounter with the Holy Spirit or they need an encounter with this joy that we have in our lives. But more often than not, what we find out is that we have run out and now we have nothing to offer them. We have nothing to offer them. I wish I could... I wish I could take 20 minutes and just and just preach on that, but I don't have I don't have the time in this episode to do it. But here's the thing. I want you to understand something. There's nothing wrong with feeling like that you're running out. I I've this is what's been on my mind over the last several days as I was preparing for this podcast. Um you've heard me in prior episodes talk about that I come from a Pentecostal background. I grew up in a Pentecostal background. We came from, you know, we went to church, the the churches that I grew up in and the churches that I still preach in, the church that I attend to now, that I attend now, uh, that I'm the associate pastor at right now, is is a Pentecostal church. And so we believe in the operations of the gifts of the Spirit. We believe we believe in speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. We believe in the laying on of hands. We believe in the gifts of we believe in the gifts of prophecy. All of those things that sometimes people associate with the Pentecostal movement. We shout, we weep, we uh, sometimes we get so excited that we we run we run the aisles at, at our church. And I'm afraid sometimes if we don't feel that on a daily basis, if we don't feel that excitement that maybe we feel on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning service when everything is at a fever pitch, and we don't feel that, that some, sometimes we, have, we think that there's something wrong with us. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with feeling like that, that you're running out. I'll be honest with you. There's times that I feel like 
that I'm running out. There's times that I feel like that I am legitimately running on empty because of things that happen in life, because of things that are going on, you know, just going on around us. Sometimes the spiritual battles that we have that we have to face just drain us, drain us spiritually, drain us mentally, drain us physically. And there's nothing wrong with feeling like that you're running out, with feeling like that you're on empty. What is important, what is important is that we know what to do when we're actually running on empty, when we feel like that we've run out. That's the reason why uh, in this teaching, I entitled it, Have You Ran Out? And so that question is not meant to judge. It's not even meant to criticize. It's it's for us to examine ourselves, to see where we're at, to see to see where we are at in this walk with Christ. Because every now and then you need to be refilled. Every now and then something needs to replace what's been you know what's been drained out of you. And so in this here, they in John chapter 2, they were, I did not have this wine. They were running out. And the scripture, as we continue to read on, the scripture will indicate that they had wine at the beginning. They had wine at the beginning, but they ran out. They ran out of supply. So now, what has to happen? What has to happen when you feel like that you're running out? What can we learn from this? What can we learn from this story in John chapter 2 where they run out of wine? What can we learn from this? Well, the first thing that I see, it is very interesting what Mary, the mother of Jesus, did. And that is she went straight to Jesus. He had been invited to this wedding. So here's the first thing that you need to understand. If you're writing anything down, if you're taking notes, if, you, if, if you're taking mental notes, understand this. Number one, he's got to be invited in. No matter what your situation is, no matter what you, are, you feel like that you're running out of, you need to invite him in to that. If he's not invited, you're going to continue to run on empty. If he is... If he's not a part of it, if you do not invite Jesus in, he can't help you because he's not going to invite. He's not going to violate your free will. So you have to invite him in. You have to make him a part of what's going on in your life. You have to make him a part of the emptiness that you feel. The fact that you feel like that you are. The fact that you feel like that you're running out, and so you have to say, Jesus. You got to, I need you to come into this situation. I think sometimes a lot of the reason why we're still dealing with the same issues in our life is because we've allowed Jesus, we've allowed God to sit on the fringes, sit on the outskirts of our lives, and we don't invite him, we don't invite him in. But you have to invite him in to what's going on. Make him a part. If you're making a decision, make him the central focus of that. If you're pray, if you're if you're if you're running 
out financially. Invite him into your finances. If you're suffering physically, invite him into your physical situation. If you're running out spiritually, invite him into the situation. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. That's what he told Jeremiah in the Old Testament. He said, call unto me. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. So that's the first thing you got to do. You've got to invite him in. Second thing is, and we see this in verse 3. When in verse 3 in John chapter 2, the Bible says, And when they had wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. So listen to this. Number two, if you're writing things down, Tell Jesus what you need, and here's the key, specifically. Specific prayer brings about specific results. we got to get past this business of praying in generalities. I, I've been in too many churches. I've counseled too many people. I've... I've been in a lot of situations where people pray generally and they paint with a broad brush as they're praying. But what did Mary do here? Mary went to Jesus and said, we need wine. Five words. Didn't prolong the prayer. Didn't, you know, didn't get into a, you know, a long tirade of, of what needed... Jesus was there. Jesus had been invited. That's the first step. He had been invited in. And as soon as he was invited in, Mary, his mother, went to him and said, we need wine. And what we got to understand is when we go to him in prayer, when we go to him with our needs, we need to ask specifically. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find, knock and it shall be opened. The door shall be open, Because everyone who asks receives, to those who seek find, and to those who knock the door shall be open. So you've got to understand here that you've got to ask specifically. Here's the thing. Why are we, here's something that I want to talk to you about. Why are we giving God unspoken prayer requests? Think about that. Why are we doing that? And I can hear some of you right now already saying, you know, well, the Bible says, Brother Jeremy, that he knows what we have need of before we even ask. Right. He does know what you have need of. He has, he knows what you have need of before you even ask. But he said, ask. Ask so that you can receive. Ask so that your joy may be full. So tell him specifically what you want. If if you need a healing, tell him what ask him what ask him for that specific healing. If you need an area of your finances refilled, tell him. Huh? And it listen, it doesn't have to be a prolonged prayer. She prayed five words to get an answer. Prayed five words to get an answer. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. And I'm probably going to get all sorts of comments, all sorts of mail on this. People tell you know, well, you, you know, telling me you know, well, you have to pray until you pray through, and I get all that. 
She prayed through with five words because of her faith, because she knew that Jesus Christ could do something. And, and I'm trying not to prolong this part out, but you have to ask specifically. So, number three, so we say that we have to invite him in. We have to tell him what we need specifically. And then listen to what Mary tells those around her. She goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, we've run out of wine. We don't have anything. And in verse 5, she looks at the servants that are around her and says, Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And that is a very important thing. So number three, if you're writing this down, do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. So you have, you have invited him in. You have told him specifically what you need. Now, when he gives you direction, you need to follow that through. Here's what I find that is interesting. A lot of the times, you'll often find that the answer is already in the house. Because look at what happened in this chapter. In verse 6, the Bible says, And there were set six water pots of stone. They were off to the side. The answer was already in the house. And I think so many times we run around trying to trying to find a unique answer to our situation when a lot of times it's in the house. And I've told people all the time, stop running around to to various places trying to find your answer. You'll find it in the house. You'll find it based on what you already know to do. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep reading your Bible. The answer is there. The answer was already there. And he tells them, he says, fill the water pots up. So again, they go back to doing whatever he tells them to do. Because it doesn't make any sense. I need wine. So why is he telling me, why is he telling me to fill up with water? Because it doesn't make any sense. Of course not. We need wine. But he's telling me to put water in there. And what I found out is this way. Isaiah says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than my ways, and his thoughts higher than my thoughts. It's just obedience. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to try to rationalize what God is trying to do. I just have to be obedient. And the answer is there. The answer is already in the house. So they become obedient, and because they're obedient, because they have followed the command of Jesus, because they have followed the command of Jesus, he now says, okay, draw out and bear to the governor of the feast. Verse 8, and he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they took it to him. Now listen, they didn't know that this water was going to be turned into wine. They just obeyed. And here's what you got to understand. 
if you are going to if you're going to receive the refilling of what of your emptiness you've got to understand that you've got to obey it's linked to your obedience it is linked to you following the command of Jesus he's not only savior but he is also lord and they bear it out not knowing hey there's no indication that they tasted it they just bore it and took it to the governor of the feast and when he tasted of it the governor when the governor of the feast tasted of this it was wine and he makes an interesting statement makes an interesting statement here in verse 9, the Bible says, When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, verse 10, and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine to last. What does that tell me? What does that tell me? That every time that God feels, it's always better than what you had before. I mean, think about it. They already had wine. Usually in these types of situations, it's different. You have the good wine first, and then when, as the scripture says here, when men have well drunk, then the bad is set up, is set out. But Jesus works differently. He saved the best for last. And as I was reading this, I'm thinking, you may feel like that you are running on empty right now. The things in your life have drained you completely. And it's not going to get any better. It's, it, it can't be as good as it used to be. I talked to so many people. So many people that talk about, you know, I just wish I could go back to the way things were. It was so much better then. I hear Christians and churches talk about the great revivals of the past and talk about how, you know, well, if we could just go back to a certain time period, you know, and experience a true move of God like we used to. But here's what I've noticed. And I believe right now, even as I'm speaking, I'm speaking prophetically right now. God always saves the best for last. God always saves the best. I read, and this is not even in my notes, but I just I feel prompted to share this. In Haggai, they are rebuilding the temple. They have come back, the children of Israel have come back from Babylonian captivity, from exile. And they are rebuilding the temple. And in their mind, it doesn't look as magnificent as Solomon's temple. The the heyday, so to speak. And they come back, they're broken, they're burdened. But the Spirit of God moves and it begins to speak. And the Lord says the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. And I want to tell you tonight, 
where however you may be listening to this, wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Don't think that because you're running on empty that God can't give you something better. I believe I'm speaking to somebody right now. Somebody that's going to be listening to this that feels like that it's never going to get better. Somebody that feels like that it can't get better. But I want to tell you, when God refills, he always saves the best. He always saves the best for last. Why does he do that? I want to give you two things before we close here tonight. What is the result of the supply? Why does he do this for people? There's two reasons why he does this. Number one, so that the glory of God can be manifest. That is in verse 11 in John chapter 2. When the Bible says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus, did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. So when God does a miracle in your life, when he refills the emptiness that's in your life, it's not necessarily so you can go around and brag about what you have, but it's so that God's glory can be manifested in your life. And that's what he wants. He wants his glory to be manifested in your life. So that when they see the emptiness be refilled, people can look and say, wow, hasn't God done something miraculous for this man, for this woman? And so God, God's glory wants to be manifested in your life when he refills. And then two, so that people can believe on him. At the end of verse 11 in John chapter 2, the Bible says that, and he manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. I am a firm believer that miracles, miracles, signs, and wonders, whatever you want to call them, are meant to draw people to Jesus are meant to show that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so when you feel like that you're running out, when you feel like that you are running on empty, don't feel discouraged. Know that Jesus has something better to refill you with. God always saves the best for last in order to manifest his glory and so that people can believe on him. So tonight as we close this teaching, I want to tell you, you may feel like that you're running out tonight. You may feel like that you are on empty. Just like at this time, they, they're running out of wine. They have run out of wine. You may feel like tonight you have ran out. But God can turn the water into wine for your life and give you a new season today. I hope this teaching has been a blessing to you. 
honestly, I just had just a few notes that were written down that I wanted that I wanted to share with you, and I hope that it has been a blessing to you tonight. Uh, again, if you have not subscribed, I want to ask you to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so that when every week when a new episode is available, it can be downloaded directly into uh, into your device of your choosing, however that you listen to podcasts. Also. Uh, if you feel led to be a uh, to be a partner with this ministry, hit the link down at the bottom of this ep- uh, at the link at the bottom of this episode. It'll take you to our giving page, uh, and then you have the option to become a monthly partner in this ministry. We hope that you prayerfully consider that. I thank you tonight for joining us on New Season Ministries podcast. I hope this teaching has been a blessing to you. Hope that this helps you enter into a new season with your walk with Jesus, and I look forward to talking to you next week. We love you. God bless.